Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, we ask Pastor Larry some Bible questions, and James Collins visits with J.D. Grush about the battles leading up to and including Armageddon. All this week, we've been reminding you about this month's thank you gift, a specially designed Christmas ornament. Watchman on the Wall is proud to present our die-cut, etched Christmas tree ornament. The ornament features our classic logo of the Watchman on the Wall blowing the shofar. Our motto, God is still on the throne and prayer changes things, is engraved across the top of the ornament. If you'd like to see a picture of the ornament, just visit our website, swrc.com. Every ornament is a true piece of heritage and craftsmanship, which you'll enjoy this Christmas and for years to come. Get your Watchman on the Wall Christmas ornament for a gift of $100 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order online, swrc.com. And speaking of Christmas, be sure and stock up at swrc.com. There you'll find hundreds of books and DVDs that teach, inspire, and encourage. Over 800 items with resources by Larry Spargimino, Tom Horn, Jonathan Kahn, Larry Stamm, James Collins, Rob Linstead, Greg Patton, and many, many more. SWRC.com. All orders over $100 will receive free shipping, so be sure to visit SWRC.com. That's SWRC.com. And friends, know that when you support this ministry by ordering a book, DVD, or even a Christmas ornament, you're helping to bring clarity to the chaos. Thank you. James Collins and J.D. Grush come now to explore Armageddon, the full story finally told. At the end of the seven-year tribulation, the Bible says the Antichrist and his forces will meet their end at a place called Armageddon. We read in Revelation 16, 16, and he gathered them together in a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. My guest today has produced an insightful teaching DVD titled Armageddon, The Full Story Finally Told. His name is J.D. Grush. J.D. is a Bible researcher, teacher, speaker, and prophecy expert, and I'm excited to have him back on The Watchman on the Wall. J.D., welcome. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you, sir. I appreciate the honor. Well, before we talk about Armageddon, let's set the stage. The next event on God's prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church. Now, after the rapture, the Antichrist will rise to power. Tell me about Antichrist, the future one-world leader. Well, he's been defined as many titles. First John as well as Second John defines him as the Antichrist. So he's the antagonist. He's the nemesis of the Christ. He portrays elements of who he comes from, which is Satan. And he's been referred to as many different titles and names, but Antichrist is the one that often resonates with individuals throughout time. And the Bible reveals that he's going to make his appearance. I believe, really, he's probably on the stage, as it were, on the sidelines, getting ready for his appearance on the world stage, which I think is setting the stage for it even as we speak. Now, the Bible teaches that the Antichrist will confirm a treaty with Israel. 
And that confirmation of that treaty marks the beginning of the seven-year tribulation period. What exactly happens during the seven-year tribulation period? Well, you have the setting in motion that's been referred to as a number of things. You have a seven-year period. Matter of fact, Daniel chapter 9 gives you a panoramic view of this. It says, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people. Daniel writes this inspired by the Spirit of God, talking about his people, the Jews, and upon the holy city, which is Jerusalem. So it sets the stage, and it deals with 770, or 77s. So you have a period of 490 years that sets the stage associated with God's dealing with Israel, because really Israel is God's timepiece for history and prophecy. The best definition I've ever heard of prophecy, what is prophecy? It says it's history yet unfulfilled. And so you have a sequence of events that reveal God's timing and God's purpose for his people and what is to be accomplished during this seven-year period. Now, of those 490 years, we're looking at the majority of those 70-type years, 69 have been fulfilled in detail and in order. Daniel chapter 9 reveals that, beginning especially with verse 24. And then you have this setting about this one that I refer to as been in animated time and space, the last seven-year period that we traditionally call the tribulation. It's really divided in two major sections. You have the tribulation as a whole, and the latter half of the seven years is what is referred to as the great tribulation, mm -hmm. or Jeremiah puts it this way in chapter 30, verse 7, the time of Jacob's trouble. Well, Armageddon comes at the end of that seven-year tribulation, and now... You point out in the DVD that Armageddon is a very famous word, but you also point out that Revelation 16.16 16 is the only place in the Bible that the word Armageddon is found. Would you elaborate on Revelation 16.16? 16? It's interesting that you know it has such prominence, and yet the actual reference there with the name itself appears once, and that's, as you mentioned, Revelation 16.16. 16. Then in Revelation 19, you have a sequence which tells the description of the war of the battle. And then there's a series of battles. But in the passage there, it says that God calls them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. It's interesting that it is a real literal place. And I had the privilege of being there and to be able to stand on the ruins of what is referred to as Har Megiddo. The Hebrew word there is made up of two components, Har and Megiddo. Har has a reference to the mountains or the Mount of Megiddo, and Megiddo is an actual place in the northern regions of Israel, viewing, as it were, the valley of Armageddon, the valley today called Jezreel. Well, the word Armageddon is extremely prominent in our culture. They use it as a title for movies, for books, all kinds of things. You describe finding millions of sites when you ran an Internet search for the word Armageddon. Why do you believe the world is so fascinated with Armageddon? Well, they have a number of associations in regards to that word. As I mentioned in the video, which has probably been increased now since that time, but in Yahoo's search engine, for instance, that oftentimes people use, the word Armageddon connected with the Bible appears 3,560,000 times. If you simply put in the word Armageddon alone, it shows up to be 8,950,000. Now Google, which is a bigger search engine, records those aspects of the Armageddon Bible with 7,220,000, and the aspects of Armageddon alone shows up to be 53,500,000 possibilities. 
So I think that it's increased in the time with the search factors connected with your dealing and to look at the word Armageddon. So it's taken on a aura of itself. There are sometimes words that take on factors connected with it. Oftentimes people use the word Xerox for a photocopy because right. they grab the imagination. Similar factors, just like somebody says they did a Houdini, as if the great Harry Houdini, the magician. So it's a magical effect and it has a aura of mystery connected with it. Armageddon is one of those words that has grabbed the imagination because of this awesomeness and what it is and what it produces. And oftentimes we think of this as a circumstance, a situation, but above all else, it's really a place. Well, if you're just tuning in today, my guest is J.D. Grush. J.D. has produced a wonderful teaching DVD titled Armageddon, The Full Story Finally Told. It's a very well-produced video that features brilliant graphics and video clips, including clips from the actual site of Armageddon. You can get a copy of this phenomenal DVD right now by calling 1-800-652-1144. That toll-free number, again, 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order online at swrc.com, swrc.com. Dot com. J.D., now Armageddon is a real place. You talked about it. You and I have both been there. It has been described as the greatest battlefield in the world. Would you describe Armageddon? One of the things that my course of time and my love for history has brought me across a number of readings concerning great men of history and military strategy, among which is Napoleon Bonaparte. Napoleon Bonaparte made this profound statement Years ago, when he looked upon the Valley of Jezreel, in which he fought in, he says, it's the greatest battlefield in all the world. I thought, how impressive is that? Mm -hmm. And with that, you have situations and circumstances that go back in time and place concerning all the conflicts that have occurred in the Valley of Jezreel. One of the most fascinating books I ever read concerning that was called The Battles of Armageddon by a man by the name of Dr. Eric H. Klein. He was a senior staff member doing excavations on a regular daily basis at Megiddo, the origins for Har-Megiddo, the origins for Armageddon. And he brings out there have been 34 major conflicts that have occurred in the Valley of Jezreel, which is called today. Some people refer to it as the Valley of Armageddon or the Valley of Jezreel because of the association with the city of Jezreel. But it's a fascinating place recorded in ancient times in regards to being one of the strongholds for Solomon. He actually had stables in a fortress or a citadel there in times past, but it goes back to the time of the ancient Egyptians like Tut, who records one of the first conflicts there, and it follows through. There's a whole series of ancient battles that have occurred there up to more modern times, including that of Napoleon Bonaparte and even in World War II with the likes of a major field marshal for the British Army. Well, in the Armageddon DVD, you talk about recent oil discoveries in Israel. Now, you even point out a prophecy about the oil of Asher. Would you elaborate on the oil of Asher? Interesting. If you look at the 12 sons of Jacob, which became the 12 tribes of Israel, each one were giving a promise or a prophecy that regards to what would transpire, and the one which appears in Genesis chapter 49 concerning Asher. It talks about the oil of Asher. Asher was given a segment of property that involves the Jezreel Valley. Because of that, there's been people that have associated, because the Bible is historically correct, 
it's not incorrect. Some people think that somehow this contrived and it's put into place by later writers than what they claim to be disputing really what the Word of God claims. But I found over and over again in my own independent research that the Bible proves itself to be historically and scientifically correct in every feature and every fashion. It's only when people get ahead, as they say, ahead of their skis do they begin to make disclaimers concerning errors and inaccuracies in the Scripture. So you have the feature there that talks about oil was at his feet. Now, it's an inheritance, it's a prophecy concerning what would transpire. Because of that, a number of individuals believe that the Bible was true, and they invariably find out that it is. And one of the things was the research for oil. They found oil in the northern regions of Israel involving the Jezreel Valley, which was part of the inheritance of Asher of old. That's amazing. Do you think the oil in Israel, in the Valley of Jezreel, there could be the spoil that is described in Ezekiel 38 and 39, that coming battle that Russia leads against Israel with the Arab nations? That's a fascinating question, because if you read Ezekiel 38 and 39, it's the most detailed conflict of any factors take place in Scripture. Oftentimes people confuse that with the battle of Armageddon. It's not, but it helps set the stage for the tribulation and the campaign, as it were, of Armageddon, which is to follow. And the Bible says that they're drawn there because the Bible talks about Magog, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, Rosh. If you study the content, you'll find that it talks about in the latter days, Russia with a confederation of nations, most of which are Muslim, will move against Israel. And the Bible says they're drawn there because of a spoil. I think part of that spoil could be aspects of the oil that's there in the fields and the inheritance of Asher, but I think it also involves the Dead Sea because the Dead Sea is worth millions and maybe trillions of dollars worth of mineral content, which is now being produced and aiding, as it were, the nation of Israel as a commercial industry. You mentioned earlier that in the past, Armageddon was used as the site of 34 major battles. Is it true that more blood has been spilled there than any other place in the world? Yes, if you go back to ancient times, as we mentioned with the pharaohs of old up to more modern times, and then Napoleon Bonaparte, as we quoted earlier, was such a great strategist and military protege of other individuals to set the stage for all this because he says it's the greatest battlefield in all the world. And based on the historical factors in the 34 conflicts, there's been more carnage, more death, more destruction, more bloodshed there than any other single place on the planet. And I think that sets the stage for the final factor because if there's not another one that occurs beforehand, there's one to remain yet, which is the gathering in the latter days at the end of the tribulation that sets the stage for Armageddon there in the Valley of Jezreel. If you're just tuning in, once again, my guest is J.D. Grush. J.D. has produced an incredible teaching DVD titled Armageddon, The Full Story Finally Told. J.D. goes through the passage, the prominence, the place, the past, the prophetical, and the phenomenal. And if you'd like to get a copy of this incredible teaching DVD that's full of graphics and videos, including clips, like I said, from the actual site of Armageddon, you can get a copy by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can order online at swrc.com. J.D., you describe Armageddon as a staging area. Now, why do you call it the campaign of Armageddon instead of the battle of Armageddon? 
Well, my research that I did extensively when I was researching for this presentation, this message some years ago, one of the great writers of biblical scenarios is J. Dwight Pentecost. Mm -hmm. He wrote this great book, which has become a classic, called The Things to Come. He rarely wrote it for his doctoral thesis, and it's become oftentimes a major textbook in Bible colleges, universities, and theological seminaries. And he sets the stage for that that talks about the campaign of Armageddon. Dr. Arnold Frautenay, uh, that I came across with his great book, is called Footsteps of Messiah, reiterates those factors. Because you have a series, not just one battle, but a series of battles that set the stage for the end-time scenario. So it's not just one single battle, it's a series of them making, as it were, a campaign of Armageddon. You describe D-Day in Normandy as being the actual battle, but they staged somewhere else before they invaded Normandy, and that's the same thing. Armageddon is a staging area for a battle Correct. that doesn't really happen because we know the Lord Jesus returns and he defeats them with a word. Well, the Bible does describe, J.D., so much bloodshed at Armageddon that the blood will be as deep as a horse's bridle. I thought it was fascinating in the DVD where you describe the measurements through the valley and talk about that. Just exactly how much blood will flow at Armageddon? Well, it's been estimated by Bible scholars and researchers that when it talks about the horse's bridle, which is an area about four feet height, and you're looking at the sequence of events where it talks about a furlong, 1,600 furlongs. A furlong represents 960,000 feet. So we find that there's 5,280 feet in a mile. So if you have a sequence of events and look at the total of this, you're looking at approximately a 200-mile area of distance from where the bloodshed begins or ends or ends and begins because it's going to be a phenomenal factors connected with what's going to take place with the blood flow. And the origination, of course, is the staging ground at the Valley of Jezreel, which is runs across from the east to the west, is in the north end of Israel. And one of the things I thought was fascinating when I was there in person, I found almost directly across from Megiddo, or the origins of Armageddon, is the city of Nazareth. You can see on a clear day across that 14-mile stretch. And then just to the east of Nazareth is the city, or the village at the time, of winter headquarters for Ahab and Jezebel, from which Jezreel gets his name. And so they were doing excavations on a regular daily basis a number of years ago concerning that place where Jezreel receives his name, which comes from Jezebel, who came to her end in the city of Jezreel. 200 square miles up to a horse's bridle. That's a lot of blood, isn't it? certainly is. I give an illustration on the DVD, which I thought was so fascinating because of the extent they said one of the most bloody conflicts that have ever occurred in history, period, is at Cannae, which was in Italy when Hannibal invaded Rome and brought it almost to his knees with the fear and the trembling of his master's strategy. And they talk about that there were some 600 legionnaires dying every minute during the battle. That's phenomenal. Unbelievable. They said that the whole area that was dry and arid became soaked with blood. But that's just a small inkling about what's to transpire in the Valley of Jezreel and in the battle that stems itself as we depicted there in the scriptures. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to the end 
the very end of the seven-year tribulation, the end of Armageddon, and the glorious return of the Lord Jesus Christ. How does the Bible describe the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ at the end of Armageddon? certainly is glorious. The Bible talks about he's going to come in an hour in which you think not. Now that's the rapture, which is factors connected with saying the stage for the tribulation. Then you have this seven years of, as they've been defined as hell on earth. And at the end of that sets the stage for Armageddon. When the Lord returns, the Bible says that every eye shall see him. And then it's going to lead to the redemption of the nation of Israel because they're going to recognize him who they have pierced. Mm-hmm. There's a fascinating passage that corresponds with this whole sequence. And then in my second part of this series, which is called The Hiding Place, about what God does in and through the preserving of his people for the last three and a half years of that seven-year period, a period that oftentimes is split in half with 42 months and even to the days where God's going to do a work in the hearts of those of Israel so they might come to know him who is their Savior, that all these years have oftentimes failed to realize who he is and what he's done for them, as well as for the rest of us as we benefit from his death and resurrection from the cross. The DVD is called Armageddon, The Full Story Finally Told, and you can order your copy now by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can order online at swrc.com. Thank you again for taking the time to talk with me today about Armageddon. Thank you. Uh, There's so many things we could add and enhance with, so I hope that everybody might take heed and realize we're in the latter aspects of the Lord's second coming, because 318 times in the New Testament he talks about his second coming more than his first. We need to be ready for that moment in time because of our heart-rending to him, the salvation that's been offered to us. We encourage you to ask Pastor Larry Bible questions. We even have a special email address. Ask Pastor Larry at swrc.com. Today, Pastor Larry is going to answer a question sent in from one of our listeners. Pastor Larry, what's the difference between the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of grace? And which gospel should we In order to answer this question, we have to think a bit about the relationship of the Old Testament to the New Testament. All revelation functions in a covenantal context. When we read a statement or passage in the Bible, that statement or passage functions within a particular covenant and should be understood in terms of its place in that covenant. Furthermore, Revelation is progressive in the sense that the book of Isaiah reveals more of God's character and nature than what is revealed in Leviticus. God did not say all he had to say in the first books of the Old Testament. The Old Testament, particularly the Mosaic legislation, gave, in very specific detail, what was required of the Old Testament Jew living under the Mosaic Covenant. Because of its covenantal context, everything it said to those who were living under the Old Covenant was binding on them and all under that covenant. However, Christians living in the Age of Grace or the Church Age are not under the Mosaic Covenant and therefore All the details of the Mosaic Covenant are not binding on Christians today. When Jesus Christ died on the cross as a propitiatory sacrifice for the sins of the world and rose from the dead, the Old Testament rituals, which were types and shadows looking forward to the person and work of Christ, were completely fulfilled. When Christ ascended into heaven, 
and the Holy Spirit was poured forth on the church as a universal donation for the church age, a new and powerful dynamic that applied God's law to the hearts of his people gave a new freedom from ritual that did not exist under the Old Covenant. There are also other distinctions that need to be made. For example, while Abram was justified by faith, the content of Abram's faith was not the same as the content of saving faith today. Abram's faith was focused on the promise that he would have a great number of descendants more than could even be counted. In Genesis 15:5 and 6, we are told, And he, that is the Lord, brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. In Scripture, the same words can have different meanings depending on the context, such as the word gospel, a word that means good news. Jesus came to earth as Israel's Messiah, the one who would establish the kingdom of God on earth. The words, the gospel of the kingdom, refer to the good news that God would establish his kingdom on earth, an earthly millennial kingdom of peace and righteousness in a time when Israel would live in her homeland and experience the blessings of fruitfulness and productivity. So the words, the gospel of the kingdom, refer to what is usually termed today the millennium or the millennial kingdom of Jesus Christ. Jesus taught his disciples to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's from Matthew 6.10. Jesus was praying not for the church age, but for the kingdom age to manifest on earth. In a limited sense, the gospel of the kingdom, that is the good news of the kingdom, is good news even for those of us living in the church age. We can all rejoice that one day, There will be a kingdom of righteousness and truth on the earth, a time when sin and unrighteousness will be greatly restrained on earth. Today, we don't need to ask, which gospel should I preach, the gospel of the kingdom or the gospel of grace? We are indeed living in the age of grace, and the gospel that we preach today is a gospel of grace. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves that is the gift of God. We read in Ephesians 2, verse 8. However, our preaching today is not to focus on the kingdom. Our focus is to be Jesus Christ, the virgin-born Son of God who died, was resurrected, and is coming again. When someone asks, what must I do to be saved, our answer is that which is given in Acts 16, 30 and 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy household. Thanks, Pastor Larry. You can send your Bible questions to askpastorlarry at swrc.com. Don't forget today's featured resource, J.D. Gresh's documentary, Armageddon, The Full Story Finally Told. This documentary examines the battles leading up to and the final battle of Armageddon. Get your copy of this compelling DVD for a gift of $20 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can always order online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. All of us at Watchmen on the Wall hope you have a wonderful weekend. And remember, God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. 
Lord willing, we'll be back Monday to help make sense of the world around us and through Christ, bring clarity to the chaos. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. Thank you.